Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Did you know I've had my podcast for 15 years? Do you know that it is the most downloaded sports podcast of all time? Did you know I have guests from the sports world, from the culture world, people who work for The Ringer, people outside The Ringer, celebrities, experts, you name it. It's on my podcast three times a week, late Sunday night, late Tuesday night, late Thursday night, the Bill Simmons podcast. Check it out on Spotify. Try to run, try to hide, break on through to the other side. (laughs) I'm so glad I hit record. Hi everyone, welcome to Writer's House on Ringer FC. Hope you're all safe and well. Today we're going to talk about Leon's fantastic win over Barcelona in the Women's Champions League final. Then we're going to move on to some more from the Premier League final day. And we'll also chat Leeds, Burnley, Brighton, Brentford and more. And my guests are Mayor Quadri and Mr. Carl Anker. How are we doing, fellas? Good, it's been a while. It's been it's it been has, a minute, huh? That's too what long, I'm saying now. I love, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking that from Mayo. It's been a minute, man. Too long, Carl. What can I say? How's your head this morning, bro? <laughs> My head's a little sore. My head's a little sore. I can't lie. I got in about two o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'd, I had a really nice conversation with someone who uh, distributes books to in uh-huh. Devon. So I, I was up a little bit late uh, talking about books. Please, can you explain? Can you just explain to our, our listeners, please, Carl, why you was up so late? The reason. <laughs> um, so I, I, I was. Invited to to the Nibbies, uh, which are the British Book Awards. They're sort of like the BAFTAs for books. Uh, I, I was shortlisted for two awards. Uh, the You Are a Champion, the book I co-wrote with Marcus Rashid, mm. was nominated for Best Children's Nonfiction and Best Overall Book of the Year. And I'm pulling your face because I still can't find the words to say this, but I won. We won both. We won two both. times. Yes, <laughs> two, two times. Time, two times. Two times. Time. Time. And the two. <laughs> Time, you know something. I'm so pleased because um, I remember at, right at the outset of that and the conversation we was having about you getting ready to write that and how pleased you were and how nervous you were and how you wanted to because to understand the pressures that you're gonna go you're gonna go through trying to write that book for that particular individual, what he is, what he's what he's achieved, what he's doing, what he, and you fucking nailed it, bro. <laughs> you nailed it and you're getting the rightly you're rightly getting recognised for an awesome book an awesome inspiring book both of you should get all the flowers in the world thank you thank you, you. smashed I, I it I reach out with Marcus's mum uh, and sister you, you know what you, you, you... And Marcus's, Marcus's mum Melanie mm-hmm. said you always remember you know if you can believe it you can achieve it and, mm-hmm. and the point of I think what all of us do in, in our creative space is we're just trying to help more people believe it, right? Yes, you, bro. You, you write the book, you do that article, you interview that athlete, and you basically say, you believed it, you achieved it. What's the advice you can give to the next generation? What's the stuff you want to give to the next people? And I think that's great. I, I absolutely love it when Maora is interviewing any athlete and there's always a bit, maybe like five minutes in, mm. and you can just see the athlete start smiling. Yes. And can't help themselves because like, this is a good conversation. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm like, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's Great uh, stuff. What's happening, Mays? 
I'm good, man. It's good to be back, man. I've missed you guys. Missed you guys. We missed you, bro. But you got, but you got the youth, man, bro. Yeah, man. It's been good. It's been good. This morning was um, kids are funny, man. They do something to you, don't they? I, some... Honestly, honestly. <laughs> Man, are you auditioning to be like Jack Bauer? Your 24 hours Oi. was insane. <laughs> you finished there. Yeah, your setup was wild. You finished there in the morning. I was. This was. I wanted to know. Like, how is how what is your setup working? Like to, what, North London. Like you, what North London? Then, yes, office, so, yes. Champions League final the night before. It was like, amazing. So obviously Friday is brilliant because I I went and done um Champions League f- women's final with design and I left on the Friday. So we got there and it was all, it was all just fantastic. So many things mm-hmm. going on. Unbelievable people walking in and around airport. I had an unbelievable, lovely chat with guys, Gamendieta, who was there. Um, so then you've done that. Then you have the meetings. Then you go to it. Then you wake up in the morning, you go to the game. And I've got to say, you know, the game was amazing. What I thought it would be. Went through the game, blah, 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 everything. Then you leave. I had to literally leave the, like half an hour after that because I had to go to Milan to get the flight back. And then I had to, then once we got back the flight back to London, then I had to go down to, to Arsenal because the, the wall of doubt, which I'm doing is about, you know, share your doubts because, you know, with, with a young person who's going through an unbelievable amount of doubts at the moment. So you share your doubt with a young person, hopefully help them to overcome this. So I've done that campaign. Then I got back in the car, then drove to Manchester. Um, to, to to get to do match of the day, and then done match of the day, unbelievable match of the day. What a great day it was for football! And then you know what I mean. I left what I left there at twelve twelve in the night, and then drove home. Got home at three thirty in the morning. It was, and and you know what? If you could, if I could have chosen a twenty four hours, I don't think I could have chosen it better than what I had to do in wow. there because every single thing I'd done in that kind of twenty four hours, Carl, you know, was so worth it. The Champions, the Champions League final, the Women's Champions League final was amazing from start to finish. It was like the, the, the matchup with the two teams, you know, Leon being the, the dominant force, Barcelona coming in now with all their justified hype, like I said, coming into a game where they're now trying, fellas, to actually say, right, we've been so dominant and we're, you know, this is us. Because when Barcelona came, right, they, we, I saw when Barcelona's coach came, they came with music. They walked off. They looked amazing. The confidence was exuding mm-hmm. out of them. And this is something else with football, what you can never, ever judge. There's nothing that me looking at them with all the experience I've had, what, looking at football players, watching them when they're coming to play in a game, I could never have, no, never have thought that they would have started a game. That a kind of pressure, they kind of cracked under it, guys. They cracked under it. And Leon were amazing in the pressure and their game plan. Mm. Unbelievable. There was an amazing description from my mm. friend Kim on Twitter that said Barcelona rocked up to the Champions League final thinking it was going to be a football game uh, and Leon yes. turned it into a hockey fight. Which um, t- <laughs> I think, you know, the, the two big moments this weekend mm. Leon beating Barcelona, those ridiculous five minutes with Manchester City and Aston Villa. Yes. Mm. They're both really interesting examples of what happens when a team that is previously all conquering and think you know mm-hmm. one of those teams that just has the ball and just don't get flustered finally mm-hmm. get flustered yes and our, that third goal Leon scored I mean the first goal okay won the goal happens won fine it, yes second goal you know Ada Same. amazing movement beautiful. feels off yeah. beautiful one two but it's that third goal cross. where Barca just cannot get out of the press full court press this is like, it like, you know. 
aggression. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I was gonna and you know the thing with that, Carl, is that what I was trying to explain things like they're not getting the kind of pressure in their own league and in certain games leading up to the, the Champions League, where when they lose the ball mm-hmm. and a team is in their face to mm-hmm. the to the to the extent that Leon was, they literally didn't know what to do. And that last goal looked kind of chaotic from their point of view. But Leon had the plan. When we spoke to Ada Egerberg after, she said she, they wanted to keep them under pressure. They wanted to see them, guys, what they would be like with the kind of pressure that they're going to try and put on them for the whole game. And it was, it was, when you watch it, and like you're saying, rightly saying, to watch teams that are so dominant, just all of a sudden lose it like that was amazing. Obviously, Man City found it, but Barcelona couldn't get it back. But do you know what I loved through all of this in both examples, which is really telling is it was two examples of teams, if you talk about Man City and Leon, that in moments of difficulty, they have to pause and say, do not forget who you are. Mm-hmm. We are the best of the best. With Man City, it was a thing where for the first time ever, you saw them fluster trying to play long ball. The night of nowhere said, hold on, this isn't this is right. We do, Five goals in three minutes. You bring on Gundo, who won the league for you last season, and said, listen, back to basics. We are the best and no one can talk for us. Ada, what I loved about um, Ada was before 20 months out, she was injured. Mm, 20 months. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was all this talk about who the best in the world and everything. And she came and there was a lot of stick talk before. The, and it was like, listen, we can be as confident as we want. I'm coming back from my place as number one player in the world. And we are going to prove to you that our Champions League heritage and who we are is deserving. And they did that from, it wasn't even from minute one, from before the game. They were just up for it. It was just that, listen, you guys have been nice, but we are nicer Mm. than And they were so respectful to them as well, Mayor. Yeah, yeah, So respectful to them uh, for what they've done. But I think that it's a stark reminder to Barcelona because people are saying, I'm watching Barcelona and I'm watching, obviously, um, watching Leon over there celebrating and watching the Barcelona players kind of, they were standing a little bit scattered because I think that they were bewildered for a team that when they scored 146 goals, I think they conceded eight up until that point, right? All of a sudden, they've been put in a situation where they've been pressured all the way through. Pateus was still, still fantastic with some of the stuff she'd done, scored her goal, but the pressure they put on her, we hadn't seen it nowhere, no time before and I believe that Barcelona players when I was watching them they, the, the questions guys that must have been going through their heads is what's going on what happened what's just happened and people are saying oh they'll come back stronger remember how dominant they've been they've final and let's face it guys for that first that first half got absolutely owned by Leon. so now they've got to what they've got to do all this get to a final and win it to kind of alleviate this and, and, and put this in its place in history for them to keep going. And I think that's going to be tough, especially when you mm-hmm. listened to Alexia Pateas' interview afterwards, because I got kind of cooked for saying their league don't give them enough stress and pressure for them to be able to deal with this kind of pressure, because I think the French league is getting stronger. That's why Leon, you know what I mean? It's taking them their mm-hmm. time to get themselves back. She said it, Patea said, we need that. One of my favourite football people on Twitter, all of her reading uh, is Grace Robinson at Grace on Football. And she once wrote this amazing thing on the Bundesliga tax. And she said, the Bundesliga tax isn't necessarily, and she argued that the Bundesliga tax isn't necessarily about quality mm. in, in like strength, right? But 
what it might be is just tactical variants. So if you look at the Bundesliga, yeah. most teams defend middle block, counter-pressing. Everyone basically tries to play mm -hmm. the same style of football. And then the Premier League, you can play mm -hmm. Burnley one weekend, and, a and then you might have to play Southampton the next weekend, and then you might have to play mm -hmm. uh, Chelsea yeah. the weekend after. Mm -hmm. And that's three very different styles of football. And I think this is what you're seeing with Barcelona. In They are very brilliant in their league at playing one kind of football. And it's remarkable, right? And I, mm -hmm. I still can't forget what they did yes. to Chelsea in the Champions League final not too long ago. They're amazing out wide. They've just got just, yeah. like, just amazing quick switches and rotations in, in central midfield. And then they've just got amazing finishing. And, and you could see it in the second half against Lyon that they were still trying to play same way, same way, same way against Leon. Leon was like, well, we know how to beat, we know how to defend against this. We've been doing this for ages. Yeah. So we're going to just pack, pack strong in the middle. And then when you try and spin out a wide, we're just going to press you. Unbelievable. You know, Wendy Unbelievable. Renard was incredible on Saturday. Just Supreme. immediately bottling out of um, the back line on the halfway line. And Barcelona just haven't had to deal with a centre-back yes. that can win all of their 1v1s on the halfway line like that. And that's why Leon now have eight Champions Leagues. Yes. Which is ridiculous. Eight. Eight of them. It's, it's insane. It's insane. And it's just that dominance. And we talk about the greatest teams ever when we talk about sports and everything. And this is where football is so interesting because when it comes to greatness, there's always another level. If you win a trophy, it's like, can you do back to back? Mm -hmm. If you win just one trophy, it's like, can you do a treble? Can you do a quadruple? There's always, and it always comes down to fine margins. Like Chelsea last year, we're at the cusp of greatness and they meet a superior team who wiped them. Barcelona this year, you do everything right, get to Champions League final, Heritage does its thing. There's so many of these small moments. Look at, again, look at the um, Premier League. Liverpool have lost two leagues by one point. <laughs> There's always another level and it always comes down to the small margin, but it's about in those moments, yeah. what can you do to make sure you get across the line? And I think that's where teams like Barcelona, mm. where it's all down to philosophy, it's very difficult because you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Even if we talk about their league and everything, we, that's great. But it, for them, it's always been, this is who we are, this is our identity and we will stick by it. And it's very difficult when your identity, you look yourself in the mirror and you go, hold on, I don't know that who I'm looking at. Because that's what happened for the third goal. I think goal. that's what Patea's yeah, done. Yeah, that's what happened for the third goal. It was like, I, oh. Pass heart the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, I up, don't yes. like this anymore. <laughs> I don't like this anymore. How do we do that hand it? again? God, <laughs> it was like, you know, I was thinking, uh, well, I would expect, right. I would expect Leon to start like this, mm -hmm. but then, but to sustain, sustain it. Watching, yeah. Sustain to sustain it, then, it was also interesting. You don't, I, yes, I, that's the thing. That's what I was thinking. Barcelona would have probably thought that, but I tell you what would have surprised them more than anything else is the way that they closed them down. Then Henri, the way she smashed into Pateus, wonder ball. And not only did she, she, she take it off the best player in the world, but then, oh, I know I'm meant to be doing this holding kind of play, but no, nah, man, I'm going to hit this from 30 yards. That shocked the life out of Barcelona. It shocked them. And if I'm going to be totally honest, even after the second goal, I'm thinking, oh my God, they must be having like visions of 2019, right? And then I'm thinking they need to score soon. When it's 3-0, and then I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is, this is horrible. But then they score their goal. But then they created two chances. Oh, the crossbar. They, they, oh, the crossbar. Yes. Yeah, but the one off the crossbar, but before, they had the kind of chances that even as well as, as Leon played and how well they, Barcelona, being more ruthless with their finishing, probably get back into that game.
maybe it just wasn't for them, but they missed ch- great chances. It, it turns into you're fighting. I know we've been doing the comparison with City with City. They, they mm. managed to get those three goals in five minutes. Like, oh my gosh. But they're playing a side that is of less quality. Like, if we, let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. And that's why, mm. for some, if we look at it, would they be able to do that against Madrid? No. So once you go, once you go no. three goals down, mm. you're now thinking, oh my gosh, I have to get these three goals back. And I'm playing against some mm. of the best players in the world. That yeah. chance you normally take where you're so relaxed, you're tense. Mm. You're snatching. It, it, it snatching. just becomes yes. a, it becomes yes. a different proposition. There's the there's this brilliant. I think it's from Star Trek. It's the the idea that you think you're winning at chess and then all of a sudden you're losing at poker. Like wait, what? Yeah, I hear you. It, it's not so much the strategy. It's that that fine margin, that one percent, that extra bit of thinking. And I remember mm-hmm. Thomas Tuchel before the the men's Champions League final against Man City. He said, "You got you know Champions League final. You got to bear in mind all these players are physically exhausted, mm-hmm. and the emotion is so high within them that you don't want to o- overload them with too much information. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to go out there and give them a system yep. that they are really familiar yeah. with, mm-hmm. and then you hope that they the the emotional content of that game will carry them yeah. through." And then you know, City didn't do well because essentially Pep changed things. Of course he does. Didn't like he them. does. And you could see some of these missed chances from Barcelona are that half second where some of the best players in the world who just have not flopped all season are thinking before they take the shot. Right. Or mm. it, you know, maybe thinking is probably not the best way. The, sub- the things they would do subconsciously Mm. They're pausing. Become second thought. Yeah, just that half. Yeah, second. but then what happens while you're playing? You know, needs. while you're playing, you're playing in a game. If you're you know, especially in the first half, they went in 3-1, but then you come out, mm-hmm. you go and you're sitting out for 15 minutes and you're thinking to yourself, if you're Barcelona players, what's just happened? We've got to get ourselves going. They needed to score in the first five, 10 minutes of the second half to make that, to really make it comfortable. But mm-hmm. the fact is, they're probably sitting there thinking, we have to get back in this game. We have to score. We have to, that brings pressure. As a player, that is exactly like you said, instead of just doing it naturally, like they've been doing all season, so easily because it's been so easy all of a sudden we're seeing the so-called great players and I still believe they're great players but now they've got a different test in their head because the pressure's different you know this is somebody like we have to say with Patella she delivered she was marked very tightly you could see her getting frustrated she's still done her little bits she got in like and scored her goal but her interview after the game was the interview of somebody that seems to be having a lot of questions in her head right now. A lot of questions in her head because the season they've had, you'd, it was nearly perfect. And they've got, and they've fallen at the last hurdle and they're probably asking themselves why. And I don't think it's anything to do with them. I think it's more to do with the fact that they're not getting the kind of, again, the opposition that need for them to suffer in games where they have to fight back. Like we've seen Manchester City. Manchester City was suffering in that game. And when I watched it, I'm thinking, okay, here we go because you can feel it in you can feel it on the pitch and you can feel it in the stands you can feel the villa players chest getting bigger and then you can feel the man city players thinking oh my god who's going to help us where's kevin where's kevin and especially i think the second gundogan goal you look at the setup of sit of um, of villa who were doing unbelievably defensively in that game and then it just come down to especially for the gundogan second goal like Douglas Louise and Jacob Ramsey, the ball goes to, I think it might have been Canseo. And he, 
he kind of cuts it back in. But what happens is, in fact, it was Concerto, plays it straight through, straight through, and then Tyron Mings goes to cut it out, remember? Mm-hmm. And Douglas Luiz should have cut that space off. He should have cut that ball off because it came from about all the way along the floor, this ball. This pass came from about 20 yards away along the ground. And then you look at Jacob Ramsey and it was, yeah, Douglas Luiz who got drawn towards Kevin De Bruyne who was on the right and left the massive space that they were trying to play into Jesus. And then again, that mistake from um, Douglas Luiz, Stevie Gerrard looks at that. He says, what, why have you come across? Stay and stop that pass. And then you look at the, the, the from an England international in Tyron Mings, touch with the amount of space that he had, even if you do have a bad touch, you should still, still be able to get it. It was so bad that Kevin De Bruyne, who was behind them too, was able to come in, pass the ball down to the right. They cross it, Gundogan scores. And what that said to me was, and exactly like you said at the start there, Mayoa, all of a sudden, we have to play how we play. This is how we play. Because if we carry on trying to play differently and going long and doing different things, we are going to get beat. It just goes down to the margins, man. Liverpool, Liverpool have lost the league for me. And if we're going to really go down to fine, like the minutiae of how close Liverpool came to winning the league and it was down to, if you could, I'm just going to say, Douglas Luiz goes in that, in that space, then they can't pass it in there. And if it doesn't go, and, and, if, and, and if Tyron Mings has a better touch, he probably, they don't get that goal for me. They might, you know, I, I'm not saying, okay, I'm really going deep on that one, but I'm saying if they were able to focus on that, you can put it down to those two things and saying Liverpool could have won the league if they were a little bit tighter in those situations. Do you understand what I'm trying to say there? I I think it's ridiculous. You consider this is a 38-game season. And it could come down to that. And the Premier League was decided on a centre-back having a bad (laughs) touch thinking too much in a, in a certain moment and, and, and Douglas we basically getting sucked um, into thinking about one amazing talented player forgetting mm-hmm. the other one and it, it's that small and it's the um, that final day mm. oh come on man it's amazing right, there was so a time while Mara how did you how did yeah. you watch your one because I want, I want to know I want to know your setup so this is this is where it was really funny so before that I was going to say based on what we're talking about um um, closing mm. the Women's Champions League mm-hmm. final, linking into this. Right, when you were playing, did you ever have a moment where you saw like an amazing goal and you thought, oh my God, we're screwed? <laughs> because for me, that Henri goal in the Champions League final, if you if you can see that Champions League final, you're thinking, you know what? Okay, we're not winning today. That Coutinho goal, when that goes in, you're that, thinking, okay, you know what? Honestly, and the way he <laughs> eyes, he eyes the Edison. <laughs> Is wrapped. It was, oh, he eyes it. But like you do, you see that goal, like you, you're, you're right. When, when, when Henri scores that goal against Barcelona, you're feeling, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But then when you've already scored, and again, you know, you could go down to the fine details and the small margins, but Ollie Watkins has a chance in that game that, could put, that probably could have made it 3-0. Mm-hmm. We, oh my gosh, how have you missed that chance? When it went to two, you're, you're thinking, oh my gosh, City, You've blown it. Because we I know for a fact Liverpool are going to beat Wolves. I know the goals are coming. But like, honestly, I, I wanted Liverpool to score and, and go into the place where they where they were winning. Yeah. Because the league. All they, of were, that, they were yeah, they were never yeah. actually winning. So it's funny because no. Carl, you asked me how I watched it. So 
I was at I was at the Chelsea game, mm-hmm. mm. and it was a nothing game really. It was well, it was Mike Dean's final game, so that was interesting. But the Watford fans are relegated. Um, they're relegated, so they're just singing funny songs and everything. I'm just there basically to see Rudiger say goodbye to right, so, right. you know a cult hero. But there was a moment in the game where you know, sort of old school Premier League years, like the text messages are coming mm. through. <laughs> so and so scored. This has happened. This has happened, and. It was a weird moment where the whole stadium, including Watford fans, were singing City, City, City. And I thought, hold on, mm-hmm. what is going on here? Then I realised we lost in two cup finals. Oh, of course. Sense. Well, back of course. But there was a moment in the game where even the players weren't concentrating. And I kid you not, there was a sloppy pass and everything because the stadium had affected them. Then Dan Gosling scores for mm. Watford. I didn't even know he was on loan at Watford. I didn't even like. Where have you been? Why are you? Why are you? This is what I get when I look at Watford team sheets. Sometimes, I'm like, mm. wait, where did you come from? Who's that? <laughs> They've always got something special. But that's <laughs> always something special, always something surprising. That these Watford team sheets. <laughs> but that was that was how weird it was in the sense that there was so much information coming in that it affected the players on the mm. pitch. That there's lapses in yeah. concentration, yeah. and then they were like, "Oh yes, you know, City are going to win it. Great." Oh, we've conceded. Oh, let's go, go. Let's make sure the fans are angry at the mm. end of the season. Barkley scores in his 100th game. Really weird. But just being yeah. there and just kind of getting these messages in and then you're looking at the table and you're like, hold on. So you're telling me in all of this, the table hasn't... Mm. What? Yeah. And then you see Salah scores and then in your head, yeah. you, start, you start drawing up scenarios. You're like, okay, if Salah scores, he gets golden boot, he wins them the title. Oh my gosh, the Premier League script writers are going overtime. I remember we used... It doesn't happen. Mm. It doesn't happen. But the, for me, the key part of all of it, oh, Leeds yeah. and Burnley, oh my that was They would have really thought they were out of I'm it. I'm devastated for, for Burnley because it seems to have gone so wrong there in the last couple of years with what's going on with, uh, with ownership. And again, a, a, a club that was, they, they're kind of debt-free and now they're layered with debt. Now they got rid of their manager who's done unbelievable for them. You know what I mean? They're probably going to lose a load of players. They're going to have to pay back this debt. You know, they're downgrading their academy. You know, we're talking about Burnley and with all due respect, it's going to be difficult enough for them to attract. It really does look like this relegation could cost them so dearly with the decisions they've made this season with the manager and everything that's going on. I think that this is going to, it's, this ain't, this, it's going to be a tough one for Burnley. I, I see a long, I see a long, a long hard road for Burnley. Yeah, yeah. They're the last of the dying breed, aren't they? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, in I, terms of stiff football, you know, Stoke they've got a lot of critics, and they're, you know, I think there's. I'm not going to pretend that they're at time that have been happy having Burnley away, regardless of what football come out. This is long. This is annoying. But, and I'm sure there's many listeners to this podcast that also are probably a little bit happy mm-hmm. that Burnley isn't in the Premier League right now. But I think, one, Sean Dyche is an amazing manager, right? I, I think, I, I know we, 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 we've talked about this a lot, mm-hmm. but that Sean Dyche and Diego Simeone aren't too dissimilar in how they want to play They're football. They're amazing. Uh, in that, you know, they, they don't mind sacrificing a bit of attacking talent for just like rigid solidity in the middle. So I think that's amazing. Also, mm-hmm. by all counts, Dyche is a really nice bloke. <laughs> On a good day, you know, obviously he can be a bit stern. I'll tell you right now, out of all the Premier League managers I've met, I've never seen a man as happy as Sean Dyche when, Sh- when Burnley win. He comes in and he's so happy. He's like, you're right, lads? That was fun, isn't it? Long pass, long pass. 
Not a long ball, a long pass is what he's told. I remember he said that once. I like, oh, yeah, I was like, you got jokes today. He loved it, which is fun. And then you, you think- Is that his vibe? Yeah, they're not going to be in the league anymore. I really wonder what deeply happened with that car. What happened? What would make you as a, a boss or owner, whatever, come in with a man like Sean Dyche who's not been backed as well as any- one who's doing as well as he's doing with a club of the stature of Burnley. He's nowhere near being back like he should. And what happened in somebody's mind, somebody's head, what say, listen, what we're doing, I don't think he could take us forward. Somebody who's not been backed. What? And he stayed there. What more could he do? What makes you think to yourself, you know what? I think the best thing for us to do in this moment while we're kind of sinking I, out I of this what, league, this while is... we're dropping out of this league, is... To, to sack Sean Dyche. Now, is it as ridiculous as what Leeds did in removing Bielsa, right? Both of these clubs get to a point where they've got famous managers that have got them to the promised land and have basically fundamentally transformed the club, not only in the first team, but the academy level and completely changed what that club was possible. And both of them get to a point this season where they ain't cutting it out. They ain't, they ain't doing it no more. And the injuries are piling up. Yeah, okay, they haven't been back in the transfer market or whatnot. But it's probably got to the point where the players aren't listening to the manager as well as what they used to be. And Leeds went, we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to bite the bullet and get rid of them. And Burnley did that a bit later. And it's, and it, again, fine margins, right? Mm. One club did it and one club didn't. And in the end of it, it was what? It came down to a, a red card, a yeah. penalty. <laughs> and Newcastle getting better. Leeds is bored. They were lucky in the end. They're lucky that Rafinha, you know, especially in the last five, six games that I've seen him, he's, he, he turned up in that game and we saw him do his, his knee walk across the pitch. In You know what I mean? He's, that was his penance, I suppose, for God giving him what he prayed for. Yeah. But like I said it, I said it on Match of the Day, that that board have a massive sigh of relief to, to, to actually to breathe simply because of the way that they've gone about their business. If they were going to get rid of um, Bielsa, a man who, like I said, he brought a championship side into the Premier League and he was duking it out in, in a style that he wanted to duke it out. And who knows if they gave him the kind of players that he could have continued trying to build the way he played. Better players playing the system that he wanted to play. Okay, they didn't do it. He was trying with these players. They couldn't do it. Now, I believe that I should get rid of him earlier or, you know, give him a chance to try and get out of it at least. But they sacked him. Okay, they made the decision to sack him, you know what I mean, after not really backing him. And then I think the injuries that they have, you can't, you can't blame anyone for that. That's just what happens. And then they sack him. They bring in Jesse Marsh. And then in the end, they scrape by. But like the board have to take a lot of, for me, a lot of the flack. Because if they start the season, mm -hmm. And they haven't made some signings to help Jesse Marsh. You think about that Leeds yeah. team, the Leeds team that finished top half last season mm. and, and the spine of that team. That team, that's the spine of that team. So, you know, Bamford, mm. Phillips, mm -hmm. whatnot. What Cooper. Those players did not, were not fit enough mm. to play together until mm. March. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This season. And Bielsa, obviously, oh, you know, he loves his murder mm -hmm. ball and he loves his really rigorous intensive training sessions and I suppose you know for Leeds I guess they went 
you are overworking these players at a time where they <laughs> where you cannot overwork these players. You can't keep, you know, risking muscular injuries in the training ground when we when we barely have enough players. Mm-hmm. You just need to go for it. So there are so many clubs now. I think if you look at it, Leeds now probably have a really, really important summer oh, window nice. yeah. for new mm-hmm. season. Manchester United, huge Massive. window. Southampton, huge window. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea, Arsenal. huge Arsenal. window. Arsenal, Arsenal huge Tottenham. window. Tottenham. Who? Yeah, you right. look at a team and you think, okay, City have just got Haaland. Liverpool are going to need to maybe do something. Surgical summer for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody has to do something, but I don't, it's, it's how much. I think Leeds need a load of work. Arsenal, I think, key signings. I don't think we can afford to, to, to make a, the kind of, that we're going to spend the kind of monies where somebody comes in and we hope. We, I don't think we could do that now. We need to buy a goer. We, I'm not saying um, Luis Diaz, but I'm talking Luis Diaz kind of energy. Has to come in, the ground running. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, that's what they need to do. The recruitment, which has Ed been very good. I have to give Ed, Ed his due. With what he's got up to this point, been good, but they need some experience and they need some, some players who are, f- are fucking ready to go. I'm going to ask you this now. Mm. Uh, you, you, you finished fifth. Mm-hmm. You're, in that, you're in that tight space where you want to be in the Champions League, but also in the Europa League. Mm-hmm. So would you prefer to build your squad so you have enough players that can make a long run in the Europa League? Or would you be happier with two or three like blue chip players to just get yourself into top four? I'd rather get the players that can have a season where we go, in the, go deep, mm-hmm. go deep in the Europa League and stay obviously in and around between the, the fourth and that. Because then I know that they're going to get something out of that journey. And then if they do win that or... It, then we're in the Champions League and then you can attract right. that player. So that's the, that's the journey I would like them to have. I'd like them to have that journey where we're in the Europa League and we go deep, semi-finals, final, that kind of win it. That's because if we're in it, that's what we should be trying to do is win it. Shouldn't be using it just to, to you, know, you know, like blood players. We need to win that tournament. Like when Mourinho with, with Man United, you're in there, you win it, you get back in. Because we need to get back in but it's, you know, this season would have been for me very, it would have been a, a year too early, you know? You know, when people say things like people come up from the championship and they said, yeah, they came up maybe too early for themselves. I believe that the, the work what they would have had to do if we went up would have been really, really tough and a lot of pressure because they're trying to get that player to stay in the Champions League places and that. But I think if we can get those players for Europa League to go with what we've got and have a really good season and hopefully win it. We should be trying to win it for me, and then get back in the Champions League. Then you can attract that other player then with a season like with that. a season in lieu. I like that description because you you basically want to use the Europa League to teach the yeah. players how to win games, yes, and how to how to win those fine margin moments, exactly, right? Exactly, Carl. So you want them to have that year because the year they've just had, they will have if they if if they're intelligent players and understand and ambitious, they'll learn from the latter stages of this season especially and the start of the season because the pressure that the Arsenal players, a young Arsenal, the youngest team in the league, were under at the start of the season. Remember, they were bottom of the league. Um, and then to, to, to get that back, Mikel, change the whole culture of it, get the fans back on board. You know what I mean? There's no noise upstairs. It's all football. We had a decent run. Like I keep saying, we flew a bit too close to the, to the sun. We were a bit Icarus. We came back to earth. But the fact is, 
the journey should have taught them something mentally what it means because when you look at what City have to do and yes City got money to buy, to, to buy the players but the, the same thing with the mentality it's a mentality thing Liverpool's mentality nowhere near the money what City have got mm -hmm. for Liverpool to be hanging on to City's coattails is a miracle with the resources that City have got they've taken Sterling Gundogan and Sinchenko off the bench for Christ and they left a hundred million pound Jack Grealish on the bench People talk about oh, everybody says about the money yes he's managing that team because they're an unbelievable squad of players but he's got the capability of doing that. You know, whereas Liverpool, they don't. They have to make sure that they go wisely in the, in, in, um, in the transfer market. At the same time with, with us and what, he's, what Edu and Mikel's doing, I think, they're on the, they're, they're, I think we're in the right place. Whilst we're here, I think it's a really good time to, to cast our minds back and and I want to give props to uh, a team and a, center, a certain gentleman because we mentioned Arsenal there and, you know, just missing out on top four. We mentioned Spurs mm -hmm. as well. But there was one man, one team that caused chaos <laughs> in North London on back-to-back -back weekends. Back-to-back -back weekends. Brighton, bro. Big Potter. Went to North London. Big Potter. Went to North London. Back-to-back -back weekends. Oh, my God. L for you. L <laughs> Jesus. For you. Now figure out who's going to get Champions League. With, you know, when you look, and again, Mayo, ninth. the chances. Ninth. They were able to, to finish off the chances. We saw the second goal they scored. Pascal Gross, right, was the kind of goal that they've been making that kind of chance since Brighton have been here, but they haven't got that striker what scores the goal, what gives them the capability of sitting back a bit, playing, playing and just maybe nicking another one or just, just managing the game. They just don't take chances. And they still finish ninth. They lost five games on the bounce. Yeah. They yeah, didn't yeah. score a goal at home for like um, four remember, months. Remember when he had to, to do that? Remember when he had to address the fans? After the league say, game. whoa, whoa, whoa. We need, to, we need to look at our history a bit here and see, you know, these fans are kind of forgetting the history of what's going on recently. He had to just like pull them up a bit and they had to take that on board. They had to swallow that because he's right. Do you know I have to give them flowers though, right? Because after that five game loss, especially at that point in the season where a team like them who typically finished 15th, 16th, I think there's a season where they finished 13th, it gets to a point where it's like, we're not going to get relegated. Mm. You kind of go into, I call it a beefer mode where you start, you know, calling your your assistant, oh, can you see if the Villa's available? You want to this for the boys and everything. You know, that part of the season, but they've been unbeaten since that, yep. since that um, five game. They've been unbeaten. They've won like five or six of those games. They beat United 4-0. I was there. I was they there. Went to North yeah. now, I, I, so one thing that I always think of, last season, Graham Potter did an interview with the BBC. Graham Potter? Graham Potter. Mm -hmm. Did an interview with the BBC and he said, if you look at the Premier League, 85% of the league position is, is decided before a ball is kicked. He goes, before, before each season, 85% of the league table is done. Mm. Goes, you know it's going to be competing for the Champions League. You know it's going to be competing for re relegation. Yeah. You, and it, but he says, that extra 15%, that's where I have to work. Wow. He goes, you that, he goes that 15% is where you have to be smarter. You have to, think, you have to be intelligent. You have to be hopeful. You've got to be fit. And he goes, I, we just have to work in that 15% of hope. And I asked him about this again after the United game. I basically just went, how did you do that to Manchester United? And he said, well, I think it was, it's the same thing. You've got to just make sure everyone at your football club is aligned on a vision. And then you make sure you make good decisions constantly and you remember your process. And he said, this Brighton team's good, but for where Brighton want to be, 
not everyone at Brighton is going to be there mm. for that journey. He says some of those players are going to be mm. too good and will need to be and will be bought by other t- yeah. players. He said, and he also gave the impression that you know, some of the players he goes we have to get good at buying them. We also have to get good at selling them because yeah. he went. He basically admitted there are also going to be times where some players who might have been there are going to have to- for two or three seasons yeah. will get to a point where like okay well we want to now start competing for seventh and eighth and you might not be that player mm-hmm. so we're going to have to move you on as well and it's just that thing of there are some clubs in this league that have money mm. and that's how they solve their problems and there are some clubs in this league that don't have money and that's why they've got problems and Potter is amazing in that they don't necessarily have the money Mm-mm. but they go okay what do we have and how are we going to solve that problem mm. afterwards and that's why that's why I put Ells on the North London clubs. That's why I put Ells on West Ham. You know the thing That's is, why... Honestly, you look at it, 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 the club, the owner, brilliant. The manager, brilliant. The, the stadium. And, uh, the, 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 you know, once he got them back on board, board the, the, the Brighton fans, really good. Really nice, the stadium. Stadium with the capability to go again if they were able to build on, if they want to. But um, with that manager, you're talking about players may think, you know what, we've stayed for a little while. We've been here for a few years now. and kind of not moving quick enough. He's a manager. Remember when he signed the contract and it was like six years out of nowhere because they see the picture. They want him to get into the -hmm. journey, what he's doing. I would love to see Graham Potter in Europe because he's got European experience. I'd love to see him with a team in Europe. I think that he's probably going to want to do at some stage. You know, so if he can get the players at Brighton and he could see the Brighton team that are taking the chances, you know, because they, def- they defend brilliantly. Their midfield is always a midfield that's got the capability of sniffing out with Basuma, creation with Pascal Gross and these players who, who can get the ball forward. I think what's the brilliant thing about Brighton is they were always going to have chances. You know, Graham Potter's like, okay, so some of you aren't, you know, none of my strikers are clinical, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to keep, I'm going to f- stop finding a way to get you chances on a, plate some of these that's amazing coaching it's, it's about finding the right player and of course they've got um, Dennis and they've come in back and he smashed it in the Belgium League it reminds me a little bit of when Emmanuel Dennis was out there smashing mm, it yes. and it's about how easy is it to translate into the Premier League like he's, sco- he's right. shown that he can score goals he's got above, like 20 plus goals 10 plus assists and in that sort of Brighton system where there's loads of chance creation, it's just about being able to put the ball in the back of the net. It sounds wow. so simple, but we're talking about the the, the top level, the top, yeah. top level. I, I think he could be good. I feel like ultimately Brighton's like scouting, it's like a football manager foul save. They find <laughs> the best young talent ever. Like Cucurella was an absolute steal. What I don't know how find. every Jesus. other team did not make that move after the European oh, Championship. Gosh, he's good. Fantastic, good. fantastic, fantastic. So. I feel like this could be finally be the one that could slot in at a good age as well. Mm. I believe he's 25 mm. and, and do it. But I do feel that they do, they do need that experience as well. It's great to have that one that's, you know, fairly new to the league. But if you can have that experience striker, because that's what they had in Glenn Murray. Like, yeah. I know it's a different time, but Glenn Murray for each season would give you 10 goals guaranteed. He would get you a 10 mm. goals. Guaranteed. You wouldn't have to think about it. He's, he's going to get your goals. And they need a guaranteed goal yeah. scorer. Mopai does well, but you're never sure if he's going to if it's going to be high or low with him. And that's the problem. Ian, I want to ask something you mentioned on Match mm. of the Day where it was you, Gary, Alan, and you were all talking about the golden boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Gary said, would you be happy with 23 goals golden in your season? You're like, eh. you, you did a little joke and you, 
Gary asked, why do you think strikers are able to win golden boots with 23? And you said, uh, you know, it's different. They play one up top. Uh, and it goes, that inverted mm. winger thing. And then it mm. moved on. What is the inverted winger thing? You see, like how, um, I think like when we were playing, Salah, the way Mane plays on the width, the wide, um, um, what's his, uh, Mares, that kind of player. Those players who are scoring, those are Sterling. You know, those kind of players mm-hmm. are the ones who are scoring the goals. Son, those kind of players who, if when we were playing, Sonny, Sterling, Mares, left winger. You know, I see, I'd, I'd, Sonny probably be a right winger. Sterling would be a right winger. Um, Mares mm-hmm. would be a left winger. Um, Mo Salah would be kind of a left winger. So the way it's happened now where they don't have, like when we were playing two up front or even, even after that, then two up front with Dennis coming inside as the number 10, you know, it wasn't like how it was. Like Thierry kind of like, Thierry's probably the, high, the, the person who started that, wasn't he? You know, the winger coming into him, but then he went inside as well. But like, I think that with the days of that striker, like our share has scored because he's up there all the time and the way you're getting the ball up there, it's in the box all the time. It's different the way they're playing now. You know, the forward has to come off. You have to go in behind. You know, then, then it just comes down to how hungry mm-hmm. and how clinical the winger is, like the, the inverted winger is, because we've seen Mo Salah's on a regular basis, another 20 goals this season. You know, Son, 20 goals. He's not, he's not always, he's not up the, t- up the top line like a striker is. And that's where it's different because I look at how, how I would play. My game would have to be totally different to play now. I like doing it because, you know, I'm looking at the same kind of stature as Alex, Alexander Lacazette would have to come in, link the play. I wouldn't want to come as deep as I've seen him come, but like, because I want to be in and around the box, but you want to link the play and get mm-hmm. in the box. That's what you want to do. Because that's why I'm interested to see how many goals Erlen Haaland scores next season. When like a, when you play next to inverted winger, does it change the way the crosses come in for you? Would, it, that, would that have because, to change your timing? Go, go on quick then, man. And then Carl, I was going to say, like Carl, it, it, you, don't, you probably don't even... You probably don't even get the crosses because remember back in the day when it was winger, the yeah. winger instruction was quote unquote get chalk on your yeah, boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the penalty box was for the striker. Now the, he has to share it with with these other guys. So if you think about them, <laughs> the, the chances that striker getting more is for everyone else. Yeah, you're sharing it with um, with, with like now, like Mane and Salah, you know, they're sharing it out because you, you don't make the same runs. You don't bump, get to the near post because you know what the winger's going to do because I know that we're going to get the ball to the winger and he's going to get it in as soon as he can. Now, you can make a run in the box, the guy will get it and he'll set it back to Trent. He'll set it back to Trent, set it back to, to Reese. So you're, you're having to make different kind of runs. The, even the runs that you used to make is, is kind of different because they say getting a far post, getting a near post. You could, you could do that as much as you want now, some, but the game's different because they want to go inside to Trent, who's a right back, who's now gone and joined into the midfield. So then he can, he can then get outside Mo Salah if Mo Salah comes inside. So then you're waiting. Right. You're kind of waiting for the ball to get out there so you can make the run call. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's not as frequent because the system and the way that they're playing now, the striker's got to do a lot of waiting. It's not coming there quick enough. And plus you might be, you might be coming deep to, to link play. It's, it's, it's a different, it's a different um, discipline now, being a striker. I think that's why Harry Kane's adapted well to it. I want to see how Haaland adapts to it. It was a Benzema. Benzema, they've all, it's, it's, it's the new age striker now. It's, that's why 
you see, that's why I don't think you'll see um, like a, a sheer type person scoring those goals like he used to. But we could see it has to be in a team like City where they're going to be making a shitload of chances <laughs> to someone who's just there just tapping them in. You know, and this is why when you see this, the goals and we're talking like there's one time they won it on 18 goals back in our day. Michael Owen, Dion Dublin and someone else shared it on 18 goals. Teddy, Teddy sharing them. And you know, I mean, that was one of the lowest ever, I think. But 23 now, it's a lot of goals to score in the league. A lot. Um, we're speaking about strikers, but on the team, not more flowers probably, shout outs. Brentford, Absolutely. first season. Yeah, they have to. But the return of the 10 has been so key yes. to that. Christian Eriksen. Oh, come on. Oh, my word. It's going to be interesting as well with that Mayo up. What's going to happen with Christian Eriksen? And if he's going to stay with Brentford because they gave him the, the opportunity, they gave him the stage to say, listen, I'm fucking here and I'm back with a bang as well. So it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. But what he showed is the 10 is here Majestic. to stay. Come on, man. Majestic. We thought it was over. It's well, not he, he that made position people, yeah. is still alive. Christian Eriksen came back and let people know that if you got the right... And if you're playing it right and they play it too, because when you look at Brentford, guys, I, there was a, remember there was a time Brentford never spent one day in the bottom three and there was a time where I'm thinking they're going to get sucked sucked in right little did I know Christian Eriksen's on the horizon for them and as soon as he came Brentford's team went 15 yards up the pitch because now you've got somebody in the area of the field the last third who can keep the ball and keep the keep going amongst yourselves so as then you don't get it somewhere like we used to see at the start of the season they'd get it get it up Ivan Tony would try and link it they'd lose it bam so then what happens is is that the defensive side of them are nervous about going up and supporting and making sure they don't want to commit too many players I remember watching them when Ericsson got there their team was 10-15 yards further up and able to then get the ball and pick people out they've turned it Ivan Tony for me I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to put my money on him being right amongst the, the, the Golden Boot next season, especially if they keep Ericsson. Because if I'm, if I'm Thomas Frank, I'm saying to Ivan Tony, I don't want you to do nowhere near as much work you've had to do in the team in the first. Sometimes you're seeing him in the right back and the left back slot. He's going back doing defensive stuff and he's way back. No, he's capable of scoring 20 goals. If, if, he's capable of scoring 20 goals in this league, Ivan Tony. So I'm interested to see what happens. His penalty technique. It's amazing. It's beautiful so as well good. to watch. I love it. I remember when Chelsea played them and I was going to the game and I was thinking to myself, it's going to be so good to see Ericsson. Little did I know that he was going to make me really angry because <laughs> just the quality of this person, check over the shoulder, find the pocket of space. It's like just space invading, mm. just delicate touches. Even the goal he scored, just arriving on the ball, slotting it in. Mm. You're just thinking, it's so crazy how one player's quality can just bring the best mm. out of everyone else. Everyone suddenly goes, if he's playing to that level, if I'm half of that, the team's better. Yeah. It is so good. But absolutely. It, yeah, but the thing is, he's brought the standards of the team up. Brentford look like a different team. All of the players, like when Dennis came, something happens in you where you say, I've got to I've got to fix up my business. Ericsson's given those Brentford players the I've got to fix up my business. They look like a different team. They look better. They look better. You know, and they play a good brand of football, very intense. It's 
the new rocker. It's a rock and roll there, especially when they're there. You know, they've got, again, you know what? It's, it's him or Graham Potter's got to get flowers this week. I've done, can we give out two bunches? Because they've been magnificent, them two. Magnificent. If, I, sometimes I think about just what the 2022-23 season looks like, right? So we got, there's a World Cup in the middle of it. Mm. <laughs> Fuck me, yeah. I, I, I know I'm supposed to say this in a, I know I'm supposed to say this in a smarter way, but what are you doing? <laughs> What's going on? What you're doing that? The the trend, So the Premier League stops for a couple of weeks. Then we come back. We play on Boxing Day, and then you have got the January transfer window. And then the Champions League Jan. as well. Yeah, you just like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is like, you know, remember the Hudson, the Hudson video there? Let's not, let's not, let's not take this. <laughs> let's not take this. <laughs> that, is, that is what it is. You've been prepping for it. You've been doing Jack Bauer already 24 Man, hours. So yeah, I've done it 24. You're, yeah. You're ready. Yeah. I'm doing my prep. You're prep-y. ready for it. Well, you know what? If, can I be honest? Before we go, guys, if it's anything like that last 24 hours, the football, I have to say, Leon, massive flowers. I'm probably going to give flowers to Leon with everything what they've done, coming back, getting their crown back. Barcelona, I'm really sorry. You know what I mean? I'm going to give them something because it's a beautiful season they've had. I've got to give them love there as well. But that was a fantastic occasion and they, 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 did, they did it proud. Uh, if I could have a 24 hours like I had and it came and it manifested in the league, the World Cup, I'll take it all day. <laughs> I'll, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll take it all day because a brilliant weekend, you know? But guys, I think that's it. I'm going to have to say goodbye. My missus, I just heard the doorbell. <laughs> guys, thank you so much, man. Good to see you guys, man. Oh, Love you guys. It's so good to see you. Thank you very much, Carl Anker. Thank you very much, Mia Quadre. Listen, guys, what can I say? Thank you so much for listening this season. I hope um, it's been worth your while and make sure you come back again uh, next, uh, next season. I'm going to be taking a couple of weeks off, in fact, and then I'll be back on... Um, for the women's Euros because I'm not missing that so hopefully you guys then but until then make sure you stay safe and stay well have a, have a well-deserved break man and treat yourself to, to something nice and I don't just mean like an ice cream or something something really nice so take it easy have a great time God bless God bless